everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a beautiful weekend here in D.C. We've got a great show today. Um, you know, we've been talking about Montgomery County all month, and Corey Van Horn is back with us. He's the chief strategy officer for Visit Montgomery. Because it's Mocomo. Mocomo. <laughs> it's Moco Month. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I know. That's, that's why funny. you're on the show. I know. And today, we got some fun. Green Zone owner Chris Franke is with us. The Green Zone's a cocktail program of the year finalist. For the Ramy Awards, and he's going to be mixing up some concoctions. But he also has a great story, and I can't wait to share that with everyone. Great. And it's like the place where all the people in the industry go for drinks, including our son, Sam Nellis, that who lush, also loves it that there. Lush. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So when Gaylord National Resort opened, we, I mean, we were there for years, and mm-hmm. there are festivals, and I love the atrium, mm. Old Hickory Steakhouse, and all that. They closed when um, uh, COVID hit, and took the opportunity to modernize the entire facility, big renovation, including Old Hickory. Mm-hmm. And so today, Alan Smith, who's Director of Food and Beverage at Gaylord, uh, has joined us with all the details on that and some crab. Yay. Well, he's so, making some table-side things, which yes, is going to be really exciting. That's the genteel way of saying it. He's making some table-side things, but I'm just looking at all the crab I'll be eating in a right. minute. Uh, and I have to say this, uh, for most people, the 40th birthday comes with a tinge of sadness, but not this one. Because Perry's, which is the Cornerstone Sushi Restaurant in Adams Morgan, will turn 40 next year, and it's 40 years young. I remember going there when I actually was young uh, for great food and actually karaoke, which they don't do anymore. It's a shame. I don't remember but them ever doing karaoke, but... You weren't there then. Okay, this I know. Is, this is BN, before okay. Nikki. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, Masako Morishita is with us. She was named... She's ex- back with us. Back with us. She was named executive chef there last fall, and she's rejuvenated the menu with a lot of traditional comfort foods from her youth, which was about five seconds ago, and some other stuff. Uh, she was selected. And she's a Rammy Rising Star. She's a Rammy Rising Star. She's also a Star Chef's Rising Star. So uh, we're going to oh hear God, from her, Oh, my God, she is too. rising all over she's the rising. place. <laughs> and um, summer's coming, and there's a lot to do right here in MoCo, and that sort of ties into what Corey will be talking about. Uh, Alex Markoff of Kaliva's with us. Kaliva is a working farm. Um, out on the Montgomery County Agricultural Reserve, and it's way more than that. It's camping for adults and kids. It's activities. It's educational stuff for farming and learning how to eat right and how to grow your own food. they got lots of horses. We're going to hear all about Farm that. Farm-to-table dinners. And I do want to say that Alex's dad, Nick, was the football coach at Murray, my alma mater. Mm-hmm. Go Frogs. What does okay. it have to do with anything? Not a damn thing. Okay. So, Corey Moving Van Horn. Hi, Corey. Talk to us. What's hey, well, wait, Corey. So Moco Eats is still happening Sunday when yep. the show airs will be the last day. But I mean, we were participating in Moco Eats all week. We went to Frankly Pizza. We went to Chico. I mean, we made sure that we got our Moco Eats in. Tell us what's happening out there. So uh, as you said, yeah, Moco Eats week is wrapping up this weekend. So mm-hmm. there's still opportunities to take advantage of all the deals and discounts that are happening all weekend long, over 50 participating restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can uh, check in at the restaurants and uh, win prizes. I, which I love. I think that's so much fun. But now that we have this sort of, we're getting to the end with two more weeks left of May. So what are some of the promotions and things happening that you're doing to sort of activate people in Montgomery County? Well, for Discover Moco Month, we're now rolling into the last and final week, which is kickoff to summer week. Mm-hmm. And it's all about gearing up and getting ready to have weekend getaways this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's tons of festivals and activities that are happening, um, uh, not only the next couple weeks, but into the summer as well. Mm-hmm. And what are some of like the key festivals that you're looking forward to? Oh, I am so excited about Memorial Day weekend because Rockville is having their annual hometown holidays, Mm. which is a music festival and taste of Rockville, which, you know, Foodie and the Beast, I know we're going to love that. Right. Um, So lots of global flavors. Wait, you got to mention, Chris, that the pool's open too. Right. (laughs) Huzzah. Oh, yeah. The pools are definitely opening up. All right. And David, I know that you're a history buff, so uh, you'd be interested in the Harriet Tubman Journey to Freedom statue. That's at uh, Button Farm Living History Center. It's a traveling nine-foot-tall 
um, all uh, uh, metal statue that's out in the middle of the field. Of Harriet Tubman, Tubman is that tall cool. in history, too. That's pretty cool. That's really yeah. cool. Where can we find out more info on that? Uh, you can actually uh, go to visitmontgomery.com, and mm-hmm. we have uh, all the information about it. Um, or you can check out Button Farm Living History Center on their website, and they have information as well. That is so cool. Yeah, I. is there other things that you're thinking of for Memorial Day weekend or going into June that you're like, oh, that looks amazing. People should really know about it. Oh, the, the one thing that is just always on the top of my list is the Sandy Spring Strawberry Festival. When is um, that? So it's at Sandy Spring Museum, mm-hmm. and that is June 3rd and 4th. Um, strawberry shortcake there is even a special uh, strawberry um, collab with um, with true respite brewing company Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's also a collaboration with twin valley distillers as well oh that's amazing twin valley has been on the show before they're really cool yeah so so cool i mean Corey, everybody's been on the show (laughs) that's also true um (laughs) all right Corey. so tell everybody please like talk about the planner a little bit how they can what they should download and do with it, and where they can find all the great things we just talked about. So Visit Montgomery has a, a an adventure planner app. So mm-hmm. it's called Visit Moco Adventure Planner app. You can find it uh, on any of the uh, Google or Apple Play stores uh, by just searching Visit Moco. All right. And then when you download, you can find all the itineraries, create your own itineraries, check into the locations, and then we're giving away a ton of prizes um, for anybody that checks in. $2,000 worth. I know. I love $2,000 worth of prizes. Not All right, bad. Corey. Thank you so much. All right, Corey. Thank thanks. you. All right. So now we're going to get our cocktail on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Green Zone on 18th Street is a big hit. It's DC's Middle Eastern Cocktail Bar, and the owner, Chris Franke, is here to tell us all about it. What is a Middle Eastern cocktail bar? Let's start there. So the Green Zone's cocktails are all inspired by my own personal Iraqi heritage and my travels in the Middle East and the family that I grew up with. And everything is inspired by... A lot of cocktails growing up? Yeah, a lot of a lot of cool flavors growing up. Um, so basically everything that I'd experience has been put into a cocktail. Basically everything's inspired by certain ingredients or smells or even songs from the region that I grew up with. Um, everything there has inspired a cocktail. So we really want to show... You know the diverse culture of the Middle East through. But cocktails. you didn't start off in cocktails. No, I started out uh, with a very boring desk job, and I started doing uh, cocktail, literal unlicensed speakeasies in, speakeasies in my apartment. And well, then, so the job, was, the job made you start drinking. Yeah, yeah. But, I could say but that. what was it that you weren't tasting out there that you were like, I want to yeah, pour nobody, this in a glass? Nobody was doing Middle Eastern cocktails. I feel that like every major like region around the globe had some uh, element, some, some people doing cocktails with its flavors, you know, whether it was in Indian restaurants or, you know, Thai cocktails in a Thai restaurant mm-hmm. or whatever. And God knows Latin cocktails are everywhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, nobody That sounds ever... like a complaint, Chris. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, somebody <laughs> once walked by the Greens. I was like, oh, that's that Iraqi Cuban place. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. Cool. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, nobody had done Middle Eastern cocktails before. And uh-huh. I was just, like lying in bed one night, couldn't sleep, thinking, why do people drink like white Russians? They're so gross. What if I made one that tasted like Turkish coffee? Mm. And actually, that's one of the cocktails we'll be making today. All right. Well, let's start with that. What are we making first? So actually, that's not the first one. Okay, um, that's okay. We're going to start from the order from lightest to heaviest for you mm-hmm. all to try. We're going to start with uh, one called the June Blossom. It is our take on a martini, but it's a little bit fruitier and lighter. Uh, it's made with June Lebanese gin um, and mm-hmm. based in Rashmeye, Lebanon, in the mountains there. Uh, I've been to their distillery. They're wonderful people. Uh-huh. Uh, it's got Comos French vermouth, vermouth de Chambéry. It's a, it's a lighter, a bit more floral, not as dry vermouth, mm-hmm. and a little bit of... Um, Apricot eau de vie from Armenia. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, you're going to check in that. Let me just throw in. The Rammies are July 9th, and you're a finalist for the cocktail program of the we year. We are, right? yes. Very nice. exciting. Yes, Congratulations. Thank you. thank you very much. All right, good. While you get to making that, we'll get to our We'll get to yes. Alan's crab meat. All right. Alan <laughs> Smith is Director of Food and Beverage at the Gaylord National Resort. Uh, I think we mentioned that they've undergone a massive renovation there, including of our one of my favorite steakhouses anywhere, Old Hickory. We love uh, Old Hickory. Uh, uh, we like, love new, in we the love, early days, we were there an awful uh, lot. Why don't you come back? I now know. We, we have we, to get now back. Now we'll love New Hickory. Right. So, first of all, give new us old, a, new right. old Hickory. Give us a little background on you. I need you in front of that mic. Yeah, yeah buddy. It's radio. Absolutely. First of all, good morning. Uh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. First Great. time in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, Scary, I, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you're mildly intimidating. How do I plan for my children's future, Ellen? 
Those are tough questions. Okay. So yeah, I'm the, as we mentioned, I'm the director of food and beverage at the hotel, mm-hmm. uh, oversee the restaurants and uh, the culinary operations. And we literally just finished a $14 million food and beverage renovation. And Old Hickory was the last of the three stops, if you will, because we've finished our marketplace and our sports bar, which is Harbor Social. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we just we just opened up Old Hickory on a Saturday night, really, after wow. a soft opening. Well, so let's give people sort of the scope sure. of the Gaylord. Yeah, I think it's important. And their F&B program. I yeah. think we'd be remiss not to mention how massive it is. Yeah. I mean, how many people are we feeding because you have the event space. Yep. I mean, it's like well, convention center space. Visitors to and give you a scale, yeah. you, you figure we're, we're a 2,000-room hotel. Right. With uh, about 600,000 square feet of meeting space on top of that. Wow. Uh, with five food and beverage outlets. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we, could do, we could do anything from a plated dinner for 4,000 to a intimate dinner in the steakhouse for 10. So mm-hmm. it's uh, certainly a lot of moving pieces. Do you sleep? Yeah, it is a lot of moving pieces. But he's like, I'm waiting for him. He's like, I'm waiting for my drink. (laughs) Um, So when it came to redoing the spaces, the restaurants specifically, Mm -hmm. what was it that you and your team were looking to do to sort of reinvigorate the Gaylord sure. and its F&B program. You know, specifically for Old Hickory, um, it was it taking a fantastic product that was, you know, been in place since the 1977, I believe, and breathed some life in, into a fine dining uh, steakhouse, American mm-hmm. Steakhouse, and, you know, make sure it's elevated. Um, and it's sort of <clears throat> the customer has changed over the years, right? So we want to make sure it's approachable, but still elegant. Um, right. Well, what does that mean for you guys? So like, because the steakhouse, like when I think of the steakhouse in its original format, it was, um, it was, it was formal white tablecloths. Yep. Um, and you know, a, but there was a real dedication to the steaks being served. This is one of the best ribeyes I ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Was Good. Yeah. Well, to, to your point, so I would almost be overdressed in terms of you don't need a, a jacket anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no more white. Can I come naked? Well, you know. Okay, let's not be depends on the, just depends depends on the day. questions that have some, uh, like, relevant, please. That's a relevant question. <laughs> it's summer. It's hot. Um, but we still, again, we still have a 75 dry age tomahawk that, you know, it's, it's we a had super, the super no, premier but but elevator These are new dishes, uh, yes. David. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, one of the experiences we wanted to bring to life, um, again, kind of looking back at the, the history of dining table side presentation, but how do you make it elevated, and make it new, uh, was to do this old hickory uh, crab cocktail table side. So at the end of the day, <clears throat> we, we, myself and the, the chef Jacob um, Esco, uh, who's been phenomenal in the menu ideation, was how do you bring something old school. Make it new, make it relevant, but more importantly, how do you celebrate Maryland? And, and you know, our thoughts—a cold uh, crab cocktail done tableside was was just the perfect example. Well, one of the other things that should be mentioned is the restaurant looks out over the Potomac, sure and does. one of the coolest thunder and lightning shows we, we watched fun one year. My it's God. really cool. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, and not the only is spectacular. it oversees the harbor, it oversees our atrium, which at any given day could have a light show, entertainment. Sure. Snow. Um, sure. Fake snow. Absolutely. Right. Um, so let's talk about these table side activations mm-hmm. that you're doing at the restaurant. If you're trying to be more, in, you know, not as formal, I think of table side as formal. Yeah, so that, that's, the, that's the point. The point is the experience. Makes it experiential that, that our staff is engaging, talking through the ingredients. So we have an old, we have an old fashioned cart. Um, which is a not an old-fashioned cart, an, an old-fashioned an old-fashioned cocktail cart, right? That comes to the table to, again to get the guests involved. You get to pick your, pick your poison, if you will, along the way, and, mm-hmm. and the server bartender makes your spirit alaminute. Okay, um, wait one sec. We have sure. to take a quick break. Is it a this cocktail is, break? It's, uh, the cocktail is coming, right, Chris? Come on. <laughs> Just joking. This is David and Nikki Nellis. Now you know what it's like to be married to her. Let's go. Come on. Hey, Beauty and the Beast will be back in just a sec. Okay, so anybody who knows me knows that if it's sports, I will watch it on TV, except for cricket. I don't do cricket. But I love going to watch my sports at Nick's Riverside Grill in Georgetown. It's fabulous. They've got 21 TV screens down there. Uh, They've got a great selection of beers the food is terrific. They've got a dish called the Crazy Big Nachos that is exactly as described, and a Detroit-style deep-dish pizza that's just nuts. And there's nothing like watching a game, stuffing your face with a bunch of people that are enjoying it just like you are. Nick's Riverside Grill in Georgetown. If you love sports and you love fun food, go there. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. 
drinking a great cocktail from the Green Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Smith is with us. He's director of food and beverage at the Gaylord National Resort. And we're talking about, well, we're talking about the food and beverage program um, and um, Old Hickory Steakhouse. But you've got, I mean, you, you serve thousands of people a day. We sure really. do, yeah. So, and now you're, you've got a brunch that you're instituting. Wait, Good. let's back up. So, let's talk about Old Hickory for a second. So, the very first time I went in there, what I found really amazing about it is it's like sort of room after room. Yep. After, like, you're like, oh, my God, how far back does this thing go? So, in the renovation, how did you guys, you know, sort of change the yeah. space? And, uh, and to affect what you wanted for now. So right off the bat, we, we, we opened up uh, the entryway and got the, the greeting host, hostess station out into the lobby. So when you leave the convention center or you come in the front door of the hotel, you immediately see uh, just a more welcoming entrance mm-hmm. and the staff in the front of the door, whereas in the past it was kind of like residential home it was, doors. It was, it right. Which are beautiful, but we just want to get more visibility, again, with – Thousands of people walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's never enough signs, is what I've learned in the larger <laughs> right. hotels. So that that's the beginning. As as you walk in, we have a little library area which has opened up the entrance as well, mm-hmm. and it really serves as like a seating area to mingle, wait for your table to be ready. But I think the most impressive part, architecturally design wise, um, is the bar. We went from about a nine stool bar. Yeah, it was to, small, it, which was kind of weird given yeah. how big the space was. Yeah. And again, when you go back to 15 years ago when the hotel was designed. The dining culture wasn't really that, at least in hotels, bar-centric, right? Right. And, Interesting. Uh, th- so we took a wall out and really put a big rectangular square, whatever the shape you want to call oh, it, a uh, 21-stool bar, mm. which now you can see through into the dining room, which, nice. you know, we're, we're, again, five days open, so we're learning and, you know, watching, really. But our guests are now just hanging out. They bring mm. their laptops in. There's a little bit of a mingle uh, working space situation in that oh. bar area. Those well, damn so, millennials. Well, so now yeah. that yeah. you're and open. Then goes to work. So well, yeah. now that you're open, for, so you decided to expand your offerings, not just be dinner, because yep. you didn't do lunch, nope. right? Great, great point. So now, um, in an effort to give our hotel and local guests more options, this mm-hmm. is uh, we're open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. So, again, oh. really, really trying to give an elevated breakfast experience, not mm-hmm. the traditional hotel, you know, bacon, egg, and what Continental have you. Continental breakfast. Um, I should jump in for a minute. Okay. Aside from Alan and Andy, does anybody know why Old Hickory is Old Hickory? Do you know who Old Hickory was? No. Andrew Jackson. There it is. Oh, there we go. Chris boom. with the win. Chris, okay. Chris, you get a drink. <laughs> He's making the drink. <laughs> oh, right, that's which what are, which are delicious, by the way. <laughs> that's what. Start drinking, Chris. Um, so that's so, a that's a big the breakfast, lunch, and dinner for us is a big big component. Well, you it's know, a big it's a massive change. It is, um, and we're excited to see this. So brunch, but there. let's get to brunch because sure. it, uh, DC is a brunch town. So I'm learn, as an as an original native New Yorker, I'm learning that DC you guys take your brunch serious. Oh, it's. So, in the, in, the, uh, in the ideation process, we've really spent time figuring out how to do it right. Is it you did excited. say my new favorite word, ideate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know if it's in the dictionary because no, I feel like no. everybody as, is wait, using that I, word. I, excuse me. As the owner of a marketing agency, I can say definitively it's a BS word that we made up. <laughs> we want to make food it sounds like, sound complicated. We can charge more yeah. when we say we're ideating as opposed to a creative <laughs> session. So, having said that, Chris, yeah. go ahead. So... Where were we? Brunch. So <laughs> we've, we've established that it's really important for, for this community, and we all we all took a lot of time uh, to craft mm. a program on Sundays to, again, celebrate the food and, and, and the experience. So to make it really simple, uh, our menu's broken down, three courses, no surprise there, but mm-hmm. you're, let's say the three of us are dining, we order our first let's course. Let's say the three of us are dining. And I hope Here we will goes. soon. It, oh, we are. It right will now. be served on a big board. So essentially a big wooden board comes out, all of the shareable first course items get served to us and we just have at it that you select your entree mm-hmm. which is your entree you do, do as you will and then your dessert is served via vis-a-vis a, a, a tower as well so yeah, it's, it's meant to be communal you know brunches for the Wait, friends I'm, I'm uh, did we right talk now. about a pancake something what's the we pancake do. thing I, w- I was gonna i was gonna tee that up so we have a pancake board it's as simple as a beautiful uh Wooden butcher block with pancakes spread across the top. Uh-huh. There's about five or six different accoutrements to, to go on top. If you like honey, if you like jam, we have a our we have our, our uh, honey bees in the roof that we do our own honey butter. Oh, I like um, that. And uh, you kind of just have at it. It's go to go to breakfast and syrup you have an and omelet. butter, syrup and butter. This is pancakes for the table or table cakes, if you will. I like that idea. Yeah. Well, because actually, when we do do brunch, I sort of want something for the center. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Because you don't want—I don't want people pancakes are embarrassed as my main to order it because it's too so much. Are the ones Who's that, embarrassed? Are the, are the hives <laughs> on the roof the ones we you do talk about we when have... you say F and Bs? F and Bs. There it is. There it is. But a bing, but a boom. All right. Well, listen. Thank you for doing the table side presentation, yeah. which I'm going to post on uh, Instagram later today. This is of the uh, beautiful crab cocktail. Tell everybody where we can find you and the Gaylord and Old Hickory. Yeah, please. Gaylord National National Harbor. Mm-hmm. Come down. We're open for business. Old Hickory Steakhouse is waiting for you. Let's thank go you. for brunch. Yeah. Thank you. All, All right. right. Great. Now we're Chris. back to the green zone, and Chris. Back to the mic, Chris. So, Chris, I have to tell you, I'm not a martini drinker because I. It just doesn't appeal she to me. She can't hold her. No, she can't. Both are sat But this is beautiful. It's so floral, but without being it's sweet. It's clean as a no, whistle, no too. Sweetness. Yeah, it's yeah. delicious. Yeah, that's so totally how you, we're going for it. How do you go about sourcing? Because you have really interesting spirits and accoutrements. How do you go about sourcing? Yeah, so I mean, one of our main things is to use as many products made in that region as possible. Mm-hmm. So like I said, the Lebanese gin and uh, Armenian apricot, eau de vie. You know, Armenia is... Part of the greater Middle East, there's a lot of Armenians in the Arab countries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, some of it is I would bring stuff back with me in my suitcase, but some of it is also like going there and discovering these things. So, this gin, for example, I discovered it in Lebanon and I brought a couple of b- bottles back home and I spoke to an importer friend of mine who imports stuff from the Middle East. I said, Man, you got to bring this in. Mm-hmm. And he'd never tried it. He's like, Hey, if you endorse it, I'll bring it. That's cool. So now they're in the U.S. That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, there's a few things like that. I hope you get a cut. Yeah, I wish. Well, <laughs> you know, I get it for a That good, would be my first I get it for, for, for a pretty good price. So, so that, that helps. let's talk a little bit about the green zone. You were doing these pop-ups. Yeah. How did you go from popping up to brick and mortar? Uh, four years of hard work, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing weekly or bi-weekly events for four, four years. Um, by all, yourself? Well, it would be me and, like, one assistant, basically. Okay. Um, but we do, did that for four years at various different locations around DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and by like, by year three, it was going so well that it's like, yeah, I think this has viability. And at that point I started looking for a space and then, then a year after that, two years after that opened up. Wow. And can we talk about how it functions? Is it purely a cocktail bar? Do you have any food? We do. We have a menu of about 15 food items. They're mostly on the lighter side, but they're all, uh, it's all Arabic food. It's all mostly like Lebanese, Iraqi, Turkish, Mm -hmm. um, because those are the flavors I grew up with. Are you sourcing it all yourself or somebody else? For the food? Doing the work for you. So most of the dishes are actually my recipes, but because I'm not a professional chef, um, I have, you know, professionals to execute them. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was coming up, when, you know, basically in the year-long phase of the Green Zone being under construction, I was testing all these recipes in my house. Cool. Yeah. All right. Speaking of recipes, what are you making for yeah, us Yeah, the next? next one is called the Zatar Swizzle. Mm. Um, it is my version of a Caribbean green swizzle. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of a couple you Caribbean You know you have somebody from the Caribbean right behind you. I just want or, to tell or, you. Or actually from the Caribbean. <laughs> Sorry. Where, She's where from? That's right. Okay. So yeah, uh, Barbados is very famous for a cocktail at the end of the 19th, beginning of the 20th century called the Green Swizzle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are using a Barbados rum in this, but we are using a uh, thyme liqueur because zatar in Arabic means thyme. Mm. So it's got the flavors of zatar in it. Um, and then we add a bit of uh, zatar on top that we source from Z&Z right here in Rockville. Um, oh, their spices are amazing. In all my travels uh, in the Middle East, like they honestly, to God, have the best satsat I've ever had. So Good. that's what we're going to make. All right, you get to it. Yep. We'll come back in a sec. Great. Well, I think Rockville qualifies as the Middle East. It's <laughs> halfway between Maine and Florida. <laughs> all right, so now this is fun too. Masako Morishita is the executive chef at Barry's. She has hit the ball way, way over the fence. She was, you were the executive chef at Maxwell Park. Yes. And then you got discovered. <laughs> and she she moved over to Perry's. Yeah, but that's not why you were here. You were you came in studio before you were at Maxwell Park. Where were you? No, actually, no. yeah, I, actually, I came to the studio as a chef um, at Maxwell. At yeah. Maxwell, like right after, yeah, because, right after I actually started. Because okay. we had bites there, and they were, you know, Brent was. Yeah, Brent was with me. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was trying to remember. Okay, so what brought you over to Perry's? So um, I loved working at Maxwell. Um, first of all, um, it opened up a lot of door for me. Mm-hmm. I love everybody. Um, I love the concept that uh, my food can be paired with wine, mm-hmm. which was like huge discovery. Um, 
but uh, uh, it's it's a bar, and their kitchen's like very very tiny. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like start having a little bit of itch. What if you have if I have a little bit bigger kitchen, a little bit more equipment? You know, maybe there's like more I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about what you do, the kind of food that you do. Yes. So my food, um, it's a little bit hard to categorize. Um, I I say my food is modern Japanese comfort food. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really traditional, uh, but but base is uh, uh, my family recipe. My family actually owns a little uh, bar restaurant in Kobe, Japan, for. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost 100 years now. Hold it. Put it on the list. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so my grandparents actually started it. My parents still running it um, now. And uh, everything I, I learned um, in cooking-wise is from my mom and my grandma. So what I do is I use my family recipe with a little bit of a modern twist. So, yeah, that's actually my well, style. Well, something must be working because Star Chef's picture was a rising chef, and now you're a rising mm-hmm. chef. Nominee for the Rammies, so. But so you, so Perry's is an institution in D.C., yes. right? I yes. mean, they're actually in the D.C. area. They are the originators of the drag brunch, yes. right? I mean, so they've, and they the rooftop, they were one of the few rooftops in town mm-hmm. for years. I yes. mean, now there's a rooftop everywhere. But, you know, 10 years ago, they were one of the few spots to do that. And they've always been known for their sushi. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't believe I haven't fallen down those stairs getting I was up say, and down to the rooftop. For the, for the, the, <laughs> you can't drink too much for the flight of stairs going up right. the roof. Um, so talk about go- what it's like going to a restaurant that's been around for 40 years and taking over that kitchen. Yes. Yes, of course. It's an iconic restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was a little bit, you know, a little bit nervous mm. to go in. But, you know, the one of the things... Um, I, I learned actually before I start cooking. It was uh, I was dancing as a cheerleader. So when I learned, Wait, back that up. Dancing yes. as a cheerleader, where? <laughs> yeah, uh, for the commanders. Um, yeah, I was on the team for five years. I was a captain last year. Um, that's actually brought me to DC. I have a completely different career actually. So this is when they were the Redskins. Yes, yes. So, anyways, so uh, the, one of the important thing I learned from that dancing career was. Um, Fake it until you make it. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I was nervous going to, like, such an iconic restaurant. But I always had to show, like, I have a confidence. I had to show everybody I can do it. Because once, like, you know, once they see a little bit of, like, nervousness from me, mm-hmm. they're not going to believe it. You know, they're not going to They're not gonna believe it's what I'm It's called never let them see you sweat. Right. Yes. Right. Oh, okay. Well, I, I was going to say, if you can shake your thing in front of thousands and thousands of people, yes. including Dan you can Snyder. do anything. <laughs> <laughs> How is Dan Snyder? I love the guy. You know, we were... No, they, no, 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 no. They were my That's, clients for four years. Okay. Terrible no, clients. No, no, no. Not the show. Not the show. Not oh. the show. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, yeah. I was I was actually nervous, you know. And um, it has been a, a challenge, challenging moment because, you know, they were successful even before I got on the board. Right. So it took me a while to convince everybody to change it to my actually own menu, it took me a while. Uh, it took me about like two months. Okay. And what is your own menu? What did you, how did you like get in there, see what they were doing and be like, okay, this is how I make it mm-hmm. mine? So, well, I <laughs> just wanted to, uh, um, I, I just wanted to make everything like similar to what I enjoy eating mm-hmm. because that's really important. I cannot like put the food on the menu, which I don't enjoy eating. Right. So um, I like start making a little bit of changes. And like I said, like my my food, I really want my food to be fun, unique, and playful. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to know what that looks like on the okay. plate. David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. If you haven't been to Perry's in a while, it's time to get back to that restaurant. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Masako, let's let's talk about what actually what ingredients and what dishes you brought into Perry's. So one of the the most popular um, menu item right now is a uh, garlic edamame dumpling. Mm. Oh my god! Yes, so that's actually a non traditional dumpling I actually created, um, and you know, uh, as I said. Um, my, my family has a little bar restaurant, so I was a free labor, <laughs> basically. So I think the first thing I, I, I learned from my mom is how to make dumpling. 
probably like I start folding dumpling when I was two, three years old. So that's so you like, can just like do it in your sleep, yes, right? Yes, I can just do it like my eyes closed, like, right? Literally, it's like knitting. <laughs> right? yes. yes. So what's in the stuffing? Yes. So stuffing, it's a, a lemon juice, mm-hmm. edamame, garlic, olive oil, um, tamari soy sauce, and kupi marinese. Mm. And all blend together so it's like nice and smooth. Oh, and I use a traditional um, dumpling wrapper and then we branch it to order. And for the finishing, we put like a whole bunch of uh, parmesan cheese like a snow oh with a chives and squeeze So wait a second, but parma- like ravioli. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, but Parmesan, uh-huh. you didn't grow up with Parmesan? No. Okay, so what is it? Is it the salt that you're looking for Parmesan to add to the dumpling? Uh, salt and also the flavor. I mean, like the an, combination. It's like a new umami, yes. right? Yes. Wow. Yes. Really so, fantastic. So that's that's like something I do. Like, it's very playful and fun and a little different. I'm mm-hmm. really glad you brought a ton of that today, too. <laughs> <laughs> It's radio, so they can't see my face. <laughs> the sad look on my face. All right, so what else? What else? Um, I do this uh, kind of like a soupless udon noodle, but I, I my take is like a, a, a pasta, Japanese pasta. Mm-hmm. So I use the udon noodle instead of like regular uh, spaghetti noodle. Um, and then the, the sauce is uh, spicy cut roll. We, we, oh, we eat in Japan all the time with mm-hmm. the butter tamari soy sauce, and cured jidori egg yolk, cured with dashi and tamari soy sauce. Yum. So that's like my unique take on that, like pasta udon. So let me ask you a question. When yes. you came into the Perry's mm-hmm. Kitchen, I so, I mean, listen, sushi and other dishes were always yes. served. There was a lot of changes always there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But sushi's always been yes. the, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So was it hard working with the new staff? To sort of say, no, these are the kind of flavors that we want to get out there. And then for the people coming into Perry's, I know you just got an amazing review from Tom Sietzma, but people coming into Perry's, is it, how do you go about being like, it's not just sushi, you want to try this too? Yeah, so sushi has been always a star right. at Perry's, of course. But I really, my I thought my task was to put those like kitchen items um, as, as a star as well. Mm-hmm. So that's like... What I've been trying doing, um, yeah, like we have a lot of regular people too, regulars mm-hmm. coming in, so they were a little bit surprised at first. They're like, "Ooh, what, what's this?" Right? Um, that'd Ooh, be, yeah. Change. <laughs> well, oh, listen, Lordy. but yeah. look, it's a neighborhood restaurant. Yes, it's actually the one of the things I love about Perry's mm-hmm. is that it's a destination restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, you get your bridge and tunnel people and et cetera, mm-hmm. but it is also a neighborhood restaurant yes. and that's an odd confluence for a restaurant, especially one that's been around for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, um, so true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it, it was a challenge, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for Isn't sure. Isn't smart? Come on, she's just <laughs> the smartest. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna remind him of that later. Yeah, yeah you um, dumb, oh, sorry, no. Okay. So let's talk about like the drag brunches and some of the yes. hot things that are coming up for the summer, yes. aside from all of us wanting to be on the patio. Yes. So we have this legendary drag brunch every Sunday. We mm-hmm. have two shows, 10, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. We actually start this uh, brunch um, 1991. Wow. So one of, I think we're the first one you are. to start doing the drag brunch. And we're going strong. We have three resident, resident queens mm-hmm. every week, and we have one guest okay, queen every week. You need to say that differently. We've got the queens. Yes, come we on. So, yes, so we, got the queens. we can go and have a, a, a more dignified brunch at uh, the Gaylord. <laughs> that, and, hey, and then hey, run down to. There's nothing wrong. Wait, it's wait, not wait. undignified. I didn't say it was undignified, it sounded but it's, like you it's did. a little bit more staid. And then we can go down. Listen, I've done drag queen karaoke. I know, you've and, mentioned it. It sounds like that's all you've got money going on. put in my pocket, so just <laughs> okay. back off, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes, so we have two shows every Sunday. Um, and the food is a little bit different style. We do buffet style mm-hmm. uh, with a mixture of American Japanese flavored uh, dishes. And we always have 25 plus different dishes every single week. So people have a lot to choose from. Great. And it's just lit every week. It's I love just it. so lit. Uh, that's actually one of the reasons I joined the Team Perry's because mm-hmm. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I moved from Japan 10 years ago from Japan um, to, to, to the States. But the, the you said the I want to be a Redskins cheerleader. Yeah, uh, yes, but like the way 
the way I actually learned my English is watching drag uh, RuPaul Drag Race. I love that. Yeah, that was that was how I learned my English. <laughs> so the so drag... the first word out of your mouth was girl. Like <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right. On that note, tell everybody please where they can find you. Yes. So we are in the Adams Morgan neighborhood, Perry's. Uh, we are open seven days. Uh, Monday through Sunday dinner service and drug brunch on Sunday. Excellent. And where can we find you on Insta? Uh, Masako underline Morishita. Excellent. Thanks so much for joining us. Great. Okay, Chris, come back back to to the mic. Um, So let's talk about, we didn't really talk about what sitar is for people who, because there's, it's, so um, apparent all over the Middle East. Yeah. And it is really creeping in yeah. to the United States, especially over the last 10 Certainly years. Is. So can you talk a little bit yeah. about the mixture of it and what's important to you in it? Yeah. So, I mean, Zatar technically uh, is You just say a, it much nicer is than the I Arabic do. Translation Zatar. Of, yeah. Zatar is the Arabic translation of time, um, but it's really like time and all of its related species so mm-hmm. what's actually in you know most um levantine zasa blends is not like the time that you buy at the supermarket it's a different variety sure um and it can vary depending on you know what country and what region mm-hmm. um but the general consensus is that the, t- the zasa from palestine and jordan is the best mm-hmm. and so that's where znz is getting theirs from um and when they so when, they're not mixing it themselves no they well i believe they are actually um, I think they import because that would make the most sense. I think right? they import just so zatar as is two things. One, it means thyme and associated herbs, but it also refers to the mix. Mm-hmm. And the mix is a mix of those herbs plus usually sumac, uh, sesame seeds, and depending on where it's from, salt. Mm-hmm. Um, so theirs has a little bit of salt in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really like about theirs and what really drew me to it is that the the aromatic it's just so aromatic. Mm-hmm. It's so pungent. Um, it's this really vivid, deep green. Sometimes aromatic or Aramaic? <laughs> Both. Thank you. Um, but what's interesting is is that sometimes you'll find in a cocktail where people use a spice mixture. Yeah. And it it overwhelms. Yeah. And it it's gritty. Well, so and what, that's not what's the happening reason, here. So I initially made a tincture out of the zatar mix, mm. but um, some people have sesame allergies. Oh, very um, nice. So I wanted to make it a little bit more accessible. So we, some one of our distributors showed up with this time liqueur one day, and I'm like, well, that's a dead ringer, isn't it? <laughs> so that's what uh, that's what is in the body of the drink. And the zatar is just on top as a spray and as a little sprinkle. So if somebody, you know, God forbid, can't have sesame, we can leave those out, and they can still taste the drink. So how much time do you spend experimenting? Um, when I was doing the pop-ups, it was pretty much nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, every single week I did one, I had at least one new cocktail. Um, and so in four years of doing pop-ups, I came up with about 100 cocktails. Oh, wow. um, now that we're brick and mortar, uh, it's slowed down a lot. Um, but we still, I mean, we just put, uh, we're about to put a brand new cocktail on the menu next Aren't week. Aren't you guys so. neighbors? Almost. You're around right? the corner. You're around the corner from Paris. Yeah. Okay. What are you making next? So the next one is a drink called the Spring Unity. Mm-hmm. Um, it features green almonds. So these are unripe green mm. almonds, um, which are hugely popular in the Middle East, like throughout the Middle East, all the way from Turkey to Iran through mm-hmm. the Arab world. Um, and the reason it's called the Spring Unity is because everybody in the Middle East likes them, but they have different names in different languages. Of course. Um, so we make a syrup out of the sp- out of the green almonds. We combine that with uh, just some sugar and lemon juice and a little bit of saline solution because green almonds are commonly eaten like dipped in salt. Mm-hmm. So it's, it brings a little bit of saltiness to the cocktail without overwhelming it. I can't and, wait. And it's garnished with a whole green almond on a pick. Great. Yep. Okay. Get awesome. to it. Good. Maybe, All right. maybe we'll walk out of here. Maybe we won't. We'll see what happens. Uh, his Lordship. Alex Markov is with us today. Okay. Wow. He's, wow. Well, he's royalty. He's part of the Markov family. Dad, and, I was, and I was a cheerleader. His dad, Nick, uh, almost, almost won the Heisman Trophy for somebody at Murray, right? Yes. Um, so let's talk. Uh, you, Kaliba is many more than one thing. It's a camp. It's a working farm. It's a lot of things. Why don't you give us the 411? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Kaleva started as a camp for sure, um, you know, back in the early 90s. And we were really known, and I think are mostly known for taking kids outdoors and building their confidence and self-esteem. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we do. We, you know, we take a lot of the kids in the D.C. area, all the way up to Baltimore and all, uh, all around, on typically on week-long programs where sometimes they camp out, get a little little bumped up because they're you know they're in the outdoors, and sure. they're on a river, and they're rock climbing and horseback riding and stuff like that. 
and uh, get away from the you know our comforts that we have at home. It's a healthy experience, and um, and that's what we I think we started as and been known for. But we've definitely expanded, and we are now doing heart surgery. I think that's what you said earlier. Right. Yeah, we're getting ready to do that. No, but seriously, you guys did expand. We did, yes. And you've now it's not just a camp. Now it's a working farm. Uh, so let's talk about what that means and how you guys are executing it. Okay. Uh, so we – Kaleva has about five different locations, and one of them is is on our farm, which is out in Dickerson, right near the Whites Ferry. Mm-hmm. And it's just a beautiful 200-acre farm, a lot of gr- – you know, we grow our, our own hay out there, um, a lot of animals, a lot of programs, a lot of agricultural programs, a lot of groups coming out to to experience a little bit slower pace. Mm-hmm. And we, for years, I think now for about 10 or 12 years, we've been running these farm-to-table events where, um, you know, one of the things we often hear from adults, so parents of our campers is, hey, we want to come out and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on at Kaleva? And we want to have fun, too. And so we started these uh, farm-to-table experiences, not only to showcase some of the stuff that we're growing and, and the proteins we're getting from our animals, but also for a chance to to let parents come out and let their hair down a little bit and get on a zip line or get on a horse mm-hmm. and experience not just tasty food in a neat, unique setting, but also uh, some of the activities that maybe a day before their kids were just doing. But let's, anyone can zipline, right? But when did the food become a part of it? Like, how did you incorporate? Because you guys do breads, you do all these baked goods, you do all these things. How did that get incorporated into what you're doing? And were you always a part of the reserve? Like, how did how did all of the pieces come together? Well, um, thank you for saying the pieces have come together. Okay. Because... You're <laughs> Like they're still you don't co- have to tell everybody like that they still- haven't, Alex. <laughs> no, 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 I feel like they're still coming together. But, I mean, it's it, certainly it's a work in progress. And, um, you know, there are a lot of things that w- – I think what we do at Kaleva pretty well is we just try a lot of things. And mm-hmm. not everything works. And, you know, and it's – it's uh, you know, one of the things we enjoy is is always experimenting and being creative and, and seeing what will – you know, what's fun. I want to go back to the Wait, story. You can't because um, we have we to, take, have to a take a break. We oh, do. I hate these breaks. <laughs> I know. This is David and Nick. Okay, I'll ch- I'll, then I'll get into the food. Right. Okay. Foodie and okay. the Beast. We're going to take a break and then we're going to start from the start. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast. Okay. Here we are. It's Mark Hoff at Kaleva. Uh, before we talk about the food, we've got a couple of minutes. How did this, your dad was a sports coach at my high school. And now you guys are doing this. And I, I don't know Matt. Is Matt your kid? No, Matt is my brother. Matt's I work with brother. both my brother, Nick and Matt, in, a, in an amazing team at Kaleva. I mean, we, oh, are, we just your have. Brother. Well, I have a Nick, a father. I have yeah. a Nicky, a wife. I have a, uh, so do I. That's a, a Nick, a nephew. All the Nicky's. A lot of Nicks. Okay. I would say I you're probably, now here. from the experience, you're all yeah. nicked up, right? Yeah, we're all nicked up. All okay. right, so how so, did it start? What, who's doing this? Okay, so my just back to my dad real quick. I mean, he is just a mentor of mine, unbelievable work ethic, and and has always been not only an, an inspiration as long as well as my mom uh, to camp. I mean, my parents were involved in, in camps. Through, you know, that's where we grew up is at Valley Mill. Um, so we really don't know much outside of that, but my dad – did play ball at the Naval Academy. He was a tailback behind Stallback. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to, to work at Murray and, and coach football for many years. He just loves working with kids and building them up. And so I think that's part of why we do what we do at Kaleva mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, kind of following his lead at, you know, really wanting to get kids to come out and, and in his case, play a lot of sports and, and uh, run up hills on football camp, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so Kaleva uh, grew up doing a lot of kayaking. In fact, this morning I was out with Steve and Ben uh, paddling out on the Potomac River. And I had I known that Alan had a um, brunch down at Gaylord, we could have kept paddling down the Potomac River. Now you and know. Down. Now we know. Now you know. Yeah, now we know. So, um, but a lot of kayaking in our family. My uncle, uh, Tom McEwen, was the, did the first descent down Great Falls in the early 70s, so right after you graduated. That takes great rhymes with falls yes. to do that. Yes, I've I mean, seen film huge, of that. Yeah, so he was yeah. the first person to go down Great Falls in the early 70s in a kayak. And this is back before it was allowed. Back well, before, I went down in a barrel right before. Yeah, you were in a barrel, okay, but, I, right. but the, the, he was We only got like five minutes left here, Alex. Sorry. No, 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 okay. I want to hear all this. Well, I'm just, you, you asked for a little history. I'm giving, you a little, I'm giving you history. So, um, 
So a lot of outdoor, a lot of kayaking, a lot of, uh, you know, horseback riding, all these kind of things happening at Kaleva. But to get to the food part, uh, you know, because we're on a farm and because we're in the amazing agricultural reserve, which is a 90,000 acre. But did you have to apply for that? Like, how do you become a part of the reserve? Well, if you own land in the reserve, you're part of the reserve. Okay, but which came first, the reserve or you guys? Oh, the reserve came first. The reserve okay. was established in, I believe, in the late 70s. Okay. Okay. Uh, by I think some very forward thinking. Yeah, uh, really so forward what thinking. What does being in the member. reserve obligate you to do? Well, it, it obligates us to be to be focused on the ag agriculture, which I will say when we first started Clave, it wasn't really on our radar. Sure. And I look at it now and I think, man, what a beautiful thing that the reserve in many ways has Both, has steered us yeah. to this direction at Kaleva, which in some ways does complete a circle. Because, you know, food is part of every one of our programs. It's part of, obviously, we all have to eat. And there's obviously delicious crab here coming from, from Gaylord. But, I mean, there, there's food in, you know, in, in almost every camp and or school program that we run. We're working with um, Boys Latin this week. They ate a lot of tremendous food that came from Flash, who's our chef. They're the mm-hmm. bad boys team. of Baltimore. Yeah, they, they were down for a couple days. And, they're, you know, they had some some beef brisket that he smoked for three days and I mean some really and that was from from our pigs I mean some really delicious farm raised animals that are prepared in our commercial kitchen and then served to these groups that come out and then you know all summer long that you know with a lot of our programs there are lunches and and so food is always there but now that we are actively working our farm I, we're, every year and every day we go well what what are we typically buying from these you know, food delivery trucks that we mm-hmm. sh- we can raise. That is, you know, we can raise efficiently and that you know makes sense. And every year we get more and more produce, more and more protein off our farm and into the the mouths of people that come out out. And whether it's in a program or, um, you know, in one of our uh, you know pizza nights. Mm-hmm. So so how we, does the public participate yeah, in this? How do we come out? Okay, so we run pizza night every. Um, Friday and Saturday throughout the season. So we are reservations uh, or yeah, people tonight. Would... We're open tonight. Well, this will air tomorrow, but we every Saturday you have to get on our our website and get a reservation okay. for a table. Mm-hmm. And those happen every Friday, Saturday throughout until I think in September. But then our big event of the year is this Taste of Kaleva, which is our dirty dinner. It's our it was something we started twelve years ago, and it's where you come out and you as an adult um, will rotate through eight different stations on the farm. You could be on our sawmill. You could be on a horse. You could be on a zip line. You could be in the garden, actually picking herbs and 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 being part of a uh, you know p- part of a process where you're going to make a cocktail. Um, there are a bunch. Of, there you could be doing archery and air rifle, and you eat and you drink as as you are hopping on wagons and kind of touring the whole farm. So it's a it's an experiential. Evening, we call it the Taste of Kaleva, where you just come out. When is that? And you, that is uh, July 29th. Wow. And so that's where, like our big dinner series that we, or their big dinner that we'll run this year, mm-hmm. uh, along with all of these pizza nights that we, we run uh, every Saturday. The pizza nights are very casual. People come out and throw a blanket on the ground and stay for a while, and a bonfire gets lit at night. And can you bring just, your dog? You can bring your dog. <laughs> How many? How many dogs do you have? We have two newfies. You can bring your two dogs. Mm-hmm. Go, go you know? Snoofies. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You definitely. It's it's very casual, and people you know throw a ball around and play. You know, it just just. It hang sounds out, really know? nice. All right, it now it's beautiful. time for you to tell everybody how to find the farm and how to find you guys online and yes. all that. Because you're a dot org. We are dot org. Kaleva dot org, and mm-hmm. we are. You know, I used to think that the farm was so far away. We're actually at mile marker forty on the CNO Canal. So if you want to hike from DC, you can just hop on the towpath. Andy, go for a Andy, hike. Yeah, you could hike for forty miles up, and then you just cut three hundred fifty feet high. Okay, you have to just hike up to the top of the hill. You'll find our farm. So we're at like mile and then, marker then you forty. Can be buried at the top of that. <laughs> exactly. You have a good pizza and then Die. go down a zip line. <laughs> yeah. All right. But we're not that far away. So the farm gets closer and closer to DC. I feel. I think DC know. gets closer and closer to the farm. Okay, yeah, tell us where we can find you online. Kaleva.org. C A L L E V A dot org. Thank good. you so good much. Thank you. All right, Chris, come back to the mic. So all the cocktails you made are amazing. I'm very excited to dig into the 
almond. Yes. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, just tell everybody quickly, you know, sort of now that the green zone is there and you've been around now for six years, seven years? Almost five years. Five well, years. As a brick and mortar, almost five years. Five years. Yeah. Like what, just give everybody sort of the feel and vibe of the place, how big it is, et cetera. Yeah. So we're on two floors. We're pretty small, but there's like an 18 foot bar on each floor, pretty mm-hmm. much identical. Uh, downstairs, we kind of keep it more, you know, cocktail bar vibey. And upstairs, we try to keep it a bit more party vibes. We have uh, DJs and musicians. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hmm. Every Friday is Arabic music night. We always have Arabic DJs. Fun. Um, Saturday is more international. It's mostly vinyl DJs playing all sorts of eclectic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday, we tend to have live music or other, like, more random DJs. Um, and like, you know, at happy hour, even upstairs, it gets very cocktail barry, but you know, by nine, 10 PM, it's just packed and people dancing. And yeah. You're not getting one of these upstairs. No, you absolutely will get, we actually started out not doing the full cocktail menu upstairs and then a demand just grew for it and people were asking for it and we figured, all right. And we figure if it's shoulder to shoulder, most people are going to be probably ordering, you know, whiskey sodas and whatever, but if right. they really want to make a cocktail, we'll make it because they're not they're not being asked to make too many so it's no problem making a couple of them okay okay well tell everybody please where they can find you yeah so we're at 2226 18th street we're mm-hmm. right by the corner of 18th and calorama right and uh, our website is thegreenzonedc.com and on all social media we're just at thegreenzonedc great thanks so much for coming in today congrats Delicious on stuff. your nomination Thank you. two nominees in studio it's very exciting um do you want to say something before we wrap up i do Okay, well, let's do it. Well, we every only week, have so much every time. week I, I ask everybody to really think about this uh, war in Ukraine. Um, it's not over. Uh, they're doing an amazing job. I think they're going to win, but it's not like a football match. It's serious stuff, and people are dying and being, you know, mm-hmm. blown out of their homes and all that. So uh, it never hurts to get on your computer and donate a buck or five bucks or 50 bucks to one of the many uh, charities that are set up, particularly for the refugees. Uh, there are a lot of them, that, you know, millions of, of them are thrown out of the country and they're in Poland they're all over the place so do your part it takes two seconds and it, it's, it's you can do it for the price of a latte great okay and on that note I want to remind everybody everything you heard here today you can find on the list are you on it.com also follow me at NYCCI N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram Facebook Twitter don't forget to subscribe to YouTube and also I'm on LinkedIn uh, we have been dining out and about so you can see all my adventures on all those spaces Thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody be safe out there and have a delicious week.